Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's up, everybody? Welcome inside Two Guys, One Shaker Cup, the podcast featuring Josh Shaw, myself, Ryan Buckeye. Uh, boy, I've always dreamed of owning a company, Josh, and here we are. We are both entrepreneurs living the American dream, providing for our families or... In your case, you're, you provide all the money, all the paychecks to your girlfriend so she can do the shopping and the decorating around the house. And I love it. <laughs> it's great. But the topic of conversation today is like if, we, if we're not the CEO of J. Shaw Consulting or Fitness Informant and we were a CEO of any sports nutrition brand, which brand would we pick? Why? And I love this part. This was your idea. And what would you do in your first day? And I always think about like the president of the United States, right? Like you become the president of the United States and everybody says, what are they going to do? What is he or she going to do on their first day because that first day sets the tone of basically the next X amount of years. In the president's case, four to eight years. Uh, and in our case, depending on if we get fired or not, it might be you know a couple of years. So um, I think this is a good topic. There's a lot of cool sports nutrition brands out there. And this is a very difficult one to do because for me, personally, I think like I like that small startup feel. Um, I, I think it's cool. But at the same time, it's it, it it's like I've I've been there. I've already been that small sort of startup thing. I've also been a brand manager on a big $140 million brand, which is essentially, quote, unquote, the CEO of that brand. So it's a head scratcher for me. Um, I know that you've had integral parts in projects working hand-in-hand with C-suite executives, so you understand the type of decisions that they have to make on a day-to-day basis on a bigger scale company versus maybe what you do for your company. So I'm excited about this one. This should be good. It should be, yeah. This is it's kind of one of those... Um you know, hypothetical uh, questions to to think about, and I think both of us, b- being that we have a variety of different um, experience levels, especially in in this category, but just CPG in general, um, I think we can kind of think about this maybe a little bit uh, differently. I know that if I asked this question to some different people, they would probably just start saying s- some crazy stuff. And I think that uh, your, your answers might, have, I think, because you're, you're a lot more um, uh, fun, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say, I, I was trying to think of, a, I think of a word that made me not seem as, as nerdy, but uh, <laughs> I think that most people that have watched or listened to enough of our episodes by now know that when these types of questions come up, I tend to take like a really analytical approach to them and they're not like super fun. It's not like, you know, what, what would you want to be when you grow up? It's, it's not like, oh, I want to you know, I want to, I don't want to be an ice cream maker and, you know, help out little kids or something. I'm over here like talking about some real complex idea. That's like <laughs> whatever. So, uh, we're probably going to have differing, uh, answers again, but that's what makes this podcast fun because if we both had the same mindsets and brain activity that goes through our mind, it, would, it wouldn't be any fun. We would just agree with each other the whole time. It would be, you know, nobody would want to listen to it. They might as well just tune into our personal um, thanks. Yeah, 100%. And what I want is people listening to this podcast, I want you to engage with this one. I want you guys to go when it's posted to Facebook or on YouTube, comment with who you'd want to be the CEO of and what you would do in your first day. Because I think some of these comments are going to be hilarious. I think some people are going to do some drastic changes. They might take over a brand and clean house. They might, you know, they might um, change the way a brand operates, use a brand's equity and maybe change the product quality or whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's very interesting to hear the way people think. Um, so that's what I'm extremely interested in. And if you're currently a CEO of a company, so if, you know, like um, the Aaron Sigermans of the world, the, the Dan Lorenko's of the world, the, the uh, you know, Ike over at ProStops, whoever, like, I mean, if they are a, a C-level suite executive at a current firm, like, who would you, if you, if you couldn't be CEOs of your brand, then who would you want to be CEO? I would love to hear what Aaron Sigerman has to say. If he couldn't be a CEO of Redcon 1, like, which current existing brand would he be a CEO on? 
and what would he do in his first day? I think that would be extremely interesting because it's, I think it's hard for those individuals to remove that CEO cap for themselves and look at the external environment and say, well, then what brand would I do and what would I do? I guarantee Aaron would just pick any brand and just do exactly what he did at Redcon and build that thing <laughs> into a $100 million company. But um, for me, this is um, – I don't want to put bias in it, but there's bias in it because I've visited the, the, the place several times. I've seen their manufacturing process. I know how good the product quality is. I know the values and the integrity behind the brand. But for me, um, if Mark Glazer calls me up one day and says, Ryan, I'm stepping down. I want you to take my spot as CEO. I, that would be cool. And um, the biggest thing for me, and, and again, I, I'm not trying to kiss Mark's ass or kiss Nutribio's ass. It's, it's one of the brands that I have um, a nostalgia to because it's a brand that I discovered before I came into Fitness Informant that I discovered through um, education and by educating myself. And I believed in what they provided as a brand and what they stood for. Um, I, you, I, if I had to pay for my own products, I would be buying Nutribio quite regularly. And, and there's other brands too, like Core Nutritionals and I'd use Ghost, Redcon. I mean, I'd still buy all those products. But like, I've been using probably Nutribio consistently for the longest amount of time. And again, it comes down to I am huge, massively huge on doing what's right for the consumer and putting the consumer first. And I feel like that brand has done a really good job of building the brand based on efficacy, ethics, transparency, everything that I stand for as a human being, everything I stand for at Fitness Informant, like, I pretty much took their values and I said, I love all these. Like, I'm going to apply them to what I'm doing at FI. Um, so, for me, like, that's the, that's the basis of my decision. Like, there, and I was torn because this is an established brand. They've been around since 1996, so that is 23, almost 24 years now. Um, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's a legacy brand, per se, because they don't really act and operate like one. Um, they do come out with new stuff. But I also, like we mentioned in, in the start of the show, like I do like that idea of a startup or a new, like a, a brand like Inspired Nutraceuticals or something that's new and exciting and people are buzzing about the product quality. Um, but for me, like I just, like I was torn, but I went with an established brand, a mid-sized brand, not a massive brand, you know, um, not a very small brand, but one kind of in the middle. Because that then, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of reasons why, but it also brings me the challenge on, on like, how can I scale this business and how can I make it bigger? Because I... Look at Nutribio today, and they're very comfortable with where they're at in terms of dollar revenue. But I think every brand business, they always have this desire to grow. And it's like, I would want to, how could I grow that company internationally, domestically, et cetera? And those are challenges that, I, that excite me, that get me going. Like if it was easy, for instance, like if, it, if I said Redcon 1, I would be stepping in for Aaron Singerman just to make money because he's doing, he's so big, you know, and he's going to continue to grow. And it's, there's not a ton of challenge there other than just trying to like, manage a staff of a billion people and everything. I'm not saying it's not challenging. I just think it's, it's a different challenge that I would be more interested in the challenge that Nutribio would present to me than, say, a Redcon or a Ghost at this point. No, I think that's a good answer. I mean, I think it's core to you and what you're building with Fitness Informant. I think it just, you know, their their brand is is similar in, in a sense. If, if you were a consumer brand, you would be similar to Nutribio if right. you offered supplements or, or something like that. So it's, it's, um, it's probably a really good opportunity for you to, to step in as the CEO. If, if this was a hypothetical situation and Mark was stepping down or whatever, this I think would be a really good, um, opportunity and a challenge right. uh, for you. And I think it's, you know, I, I kind of share similar thoughts towards, you know, which, what size business would I want to go into? Because I think in, in my world in consulting, like I do deal with, you know, pre-revenue or, or small um, startups, I deal with ones that are kind of getting to that scaled out point. And then in a few cases, I get to the, you know, super complex, uh, big $100 million plus type of brands. And 
for me, because um, I tend to side towards like complexity, I like um, dealing with a lot at one time. I think with being a consultant and having to balance at times, you know, five to 10 projects, you know, large scale projects at times, your brain is constantly shifting. So right. I'm thinking what I would want to go after or, or be the CEO of is, is more of a portfolio because of the way that my brain works. So I would pick a company like Glambia, which <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, picking like Glambia Performance Nutrition, just taking the performance, but I'm, I'm taking the whole company. I'm not even, I'm not even just taking the brand side. I'm taking the whole, whole thing because I want, I want the supply chain. I want the innovation hubs, the ingredient houses. I want, I want all that because I'm going to utilize it in unique ways. So I'm, I don't want just the brand side of it. I want to, I want to take it all. So, so I know that that is a, a you know, multi-billion dollar yeah, I was organization. Say, for, for reference for those listening, like what is that company <laughs> worth? And you just did it. So absolutely. I mean, versus, versus the company yeah. that I chose, which is probably 20, 25 million. I don't know the number, but it's a fraction of what Josh wants. Josh wants to be king. He wants to be, he wants to own the empire. And that's what you'd be doing with Glombia. Yeah, pretty much. I, I think I'd be pretty much the top dog at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're not considering uh, Herbalife or something like that, right. but uh, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be super complex. I mean, I think a, I spent a lot of time thinking about Glombia actually. So I think that I would, wouldn't walk in uh, with, um, you know, a tough uh, decision uh, that I wouldn't know what to do. I, I mean, I would, not going to be naive to say that I, I could step in and run a multi-billion dollar organization, especially not being in those four walls all the time. But I'll say that uh, being that I've spent considerable amount of time thinking about their business, I think that I could come in there and do some do some good, yeah. um, do some interesting things around there. And uh, it's uh, it's probably going to make me sound arrogant or whatever, but it's, it's one of those things where I think that if I'm going to pick something, I'm going to go after uh, the most complex, difficult one. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, and it's funny when you talk about like what would you do in your first day. There's not enough time in your first day, Josh, to do everything you want to do. <laughs> so like in that case, you're gonna have to figure out really what's like what is number one. And um, you know, I'll I'll take it back here and dive into NutriBio. And then I also want to add to this episode. We didn't talk prior to this, but because we'll probably have time, I, I and I'll give this to you now so you can kind of think about it as we as we talk. But like as a as a consultant slash mentor for your transition into the role, like who would you want outside the company? Like it, it could be. Somebody else, you know, for a different brand. It could be a CEO for a different brand. It could be, um, it, it could be anybody. It could be Mark Cuban. I mean, just I want you to think of that because I'm thinking of that in my head too. That we can can come back to that at the end of the show here. But for me, for Nutribio, uh, the first thing that I would do the first day is I would um, I would implement an an, a, an entire marketing team and basically like a marketing director because the one thing that I think about when it comes to Nutribio is they make phenomenal products, great manufacturing process. They are ran with absolute integrity, but they've never been a marketing machine. They never really have been out there marketing um, their brand in a way like uh, like a Redcon One or even a smaller brand that which is well-known like Alpha Lion, which is an up-and-coming, very uh, uh, ever-growing brand that does a phenomenal job in terms of digital marketing. And it's just never been in the wheelhouse of Nutribio because – I don't think they've ever had like the staff in place to do it particularly. And it's never been like their expertise is manufacturing and making great quality supplements. Um, they have a great sales staff. They have a great leader, Mark Laser. But like I said, in terms of marketing, I look at that as a huge opportunity. Um, so for me, it'd be like, what, we, let's create a marketing strategy for this brand. What, are, what, what do we, we know who we are. We know what we stand for, but how do we tell that story to consumers in a more, in a way that's much louder than what we've done in the last several years. 
that's not to say we have to go to the Olympia. They've done that. They, they've gone to the Arnold. They've done that. But what other ways digitally can we tell this story? What other ways can we create video content to tell this story? Now, one thing about that brand that people need to realize is because their formulas cost more and they don't necessarily charge an extremely premium price is they don't have a lot of margin room for a marketing budget. So they, they're, there might be have to be sacrifices to make that work. But I'm a marketing guy. I'm a brand guy. It's what I do. It's what I love. So I always think on like if you can market a product properly and create the buzz behind it, everything else will kind of go with it. And for me, it's like, okay, they have good distribution, but it could be better. They could get more international distribution. How do you do that? Well, you can hire more sales staff to go out, educate retailers. But if you can create that customer demand, that consumer demand, like much like Aaron did at Redcon, like the consumers are walking into the GNCs and the vitamin shops asking for that product. And because it didn't exist, that now that store has to carry it. That indirectly is going to increase your distribution. So if you create a, you have, you, you have a great product, a phenomenal product that people believe in, I believe in it. If you have great sales staff and great people, and then you also have a marketing message that's tailored to reach the masses in a way that's not cheesy, corny, but also is effective to get people to say, yes, I want to try this, and they walk into their local brick and mortar, they go on to certain websites and they realize it's not there, then it causes them to either go to a different website that has it, or reaches out to their current favorite website to say, why aren't you carrying Nutribio? Like that would be, for me, that would be my goal, to create a marketing team that would create such consumer demand that it ultimately increases distribution both internationally and domestically. And I think that is the one challenge that I look at that brand, again, and with all due respect, because I love it. And I think that Mark would agree. I think that Dan and the staff over there would agree. Like marketing's never been, it's never been number one for them. It's been product quality and transparency. And, it, and that should be. That should still be number one for the brand. That would never change. I would never change any of that on the brand. That would stay because I, that's what I love about it. I would just amplify the marketing efforts and more of like 2019, 2020 type of you know, marketing initiatives and strategies that's more relevant to today. Because you know, no offense to them at all, they still do a product catalog. Like you get, you get a product from Nutribio.com, they send you a physical product catalog, which is kind of cool to see that brands still do it. But they're probably one of the only ones that do it. You know? like, so it's like in my head, I'm thinking of all these different ideas and things that I would want to implement. And, and I would obviously as a CEO, you're not the marketing director. But that would be the one area that I'd want to make sure that I strengthen. They have good people there in marketing currently. I would not let any of them go, just to be clear. Um, I would just amp it up and beef up that department and, and kind of hit the ground running with our messaging so that way more people can discover. Because there are still a lot of people, a lot of people that don't know who Nutribio is. And, in, and they should because it's such a great brand. It's such a good brand. You know, then you have brands like, you have great brands like Ghost, who are a great brand, but they, they tell that message phenomenal through their video content. There are people who anticipate the new season of Ghost, via, you know, building the brand. They're a supplement company, but people are, are, are waiting for the debut of a, no, a new YouTube series. Like, they are doing things outside the box and differently. Like, those are types of initiatives that I'd want to bring into the Nutribio side. It's like, I want people to anticipate and be excited for everything that we do. So that would be the biggest challenge, and that's, I would, obviously you're not going to implement a marketing team in one day, <laughs> right? Uh, but you, you set that stake in the sand and say, this is what we're going to build. We're going to build this without losing sight of what's important to this company. Yeah, as you said, on my side with, with Glambia, I mean, obviously, the first day would be uh, tough to do everything <laughs> that I want to do just because of how big the uh, company is. But um, I know I started off by saying that I wanted the whole company, but I think kind of first deal that I would kind of work on is looking at the portfolio of the performance nutrition brands, specifically trying to figure out like 
how do we reposition all of the portfolio brands to make sure that they're not cannibal cannibalizing each other in terms of um, positioning of the market, um, the channel strategies, the product strategies, all those types of things. Because I think that right now, unfortunately, with all the uh, acquisitions and things, they have some crossovers and things that are kind of cannibalizing um, the other brands in certain ways and channels and, and things of that nature. So I would really take a critical look at just the portfolio as a whole and break each individual section down to make sure that everyone is positioned towards a particular fragment or particular focus. Um, so then they can not interact with each other as much. Make sure that each brand has its own legs to stand on and they're very apparent to the market. So in the same sense of you, I mean, I'm taking, uh, you know, probably a, a broader sense of, of marketing or branding. And but I think it's also important, even with the very biggest organizations, that they sometimes don't do a really good job at telling that individual story and making sure that the consumers that are going to buy into a certain brand be that like a think thin or, or think now like like is it a is it a women's product line is it a is it both is it what like what is it it's unique in a sense like they haven't really gotten to that point where they've really stuck a stake in the thing and said hey this is a women's line aspirational driven line that's going to be more food and beverage driven over um just nutritional supplements or, you know, you have BSN and you have Optimum that a lot of times their product crosses over, their channels cross over, um, the customers they're trying to reach, like all this kind of works. Uh, unfortunately, it, it just hurts the overall portfolio because you're not really defining each individual brand in a very strong sense to create a moat around each one. And that's, starting to hurt them on that side of the business over the last couple of quarters because there is some issues in terms of where do you put these products and sales channels? What mm -hmm. kind of product development do you come out with? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And I think you need to reset that and decide, hey, is there brands in our portfolio maybe we need to get rid of because there is so much crossover, we can't redefine it in a way that makes sense? Do we divest that? And then also by setting that map up and understanding like where these all fit, then you also understand where are our holes at that we can go out go out and buy something because I am Glambian and I have a lot of money so I'm going to want out going to go acquire people I'm not going to not going to just sit back and 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 uh, not do that so I think it's not having that set up correctly you don't really know where it makes sense um, to buy or sell some of the assets you have in your business so that's kind of like for me a little bit of the first step now to take this back towards just Glambia, not Glambia Performance Nutrition, I have the benefit of having, one, the supply chain, two, um, ingredient innovation mm -hmm. um, businesses, subsidiaries. So what I don't see Glambia doing all that much is like holding exclusives on some of this innovation that they're creating. They put it out to the market for everybody to kind of buy, and that might be – like short-term beneficial from a revenue perspective because you get there, you get to put it out there in everybody's hands. They get to use it in their protein bars or their protein drinks and everything's great. But I'm about creating exclusive experiences. And if I own all this technology, I'm going to give myself a head start. So I'm going to give myself a couple year head start on all this stuff and make sure that I'm the only one having all these new things in my products. And then Finally, when I've gotten all the value extraction out of it, then I'll go and give it to other people. And then they can you know, help build it up a little bit. But at that point, everybody's going to attribute that technology to my brands. Yeah. So I'm not going to initially give all of that secret sauce away to everybody. And even if I have special pricing or special things like that, I'm going to not necessarily 
give all of that away all the time because I'm also selling to my competitors. So I can kind of tighten it a little bit to give myself an advantage in the market, especially in the sense of like maybe an economical, um, and, and it's not currently positioned as an economical one, but I would position more optimum in an economical but high quality uh, product because I own manufacturing, I own supply chain, I own everything where my cost is gonna be lower than everybody's and at a higher quality. Yeah. And because I'm gonna be putting everybody else's prices up a little bit higher, I'm also, you're not gonna be able to compete with me. So I'm gonna win the uh, economical game, which is at this point, maybe 50% of the market is people looking for the cheapest, best quality thing out there. So I'm gonna basically own this whole part of the market and all my other brands are gonna be going after these very premium innovation side things that I own as well. So pretty much I'm like leveling a lot of people and it's gonna help, it's gonna hurt the market um, players, but it's uh, probably going to elevate a lot of these other um, like service companies, be it innovation houses, ingredient houses, um, even brands and things like that. They're going to have to elevate their game to to match me or they're going to be left in the dust because I'm going to crush them. <laughs> it's interesting you brought up a couple of things because I've always thought about too, um, you know, just in terms of Optum and BSN. They're they're twins. I mean, at this point, it, uh, your BSN protein, your Optum gold standard way, they're exactly the same. I mean, for the, even the consumers are pretty much interchangeable between the two. I mean, you and, and then to your point, Josh. Like, what do you do? Do you do you kill one? How do you redefine what brand is? And like, I like to use um, Gasperi as an example because Gasperi Nutrition, once upon a time, was like this hardcore sports nutrition brand that everybody. If you say Gasperi, you're thinking like anabolics. You're thinking pro hormones. Um, you know, and then they went through everything they went through, and they came back now this year in 2019, and they're not what they used to be. They they redefined who they are as a brand, and now they're more of like a general health brand for everybody. So it's definitely doable, especially with a legacy brand. Muscle, you know, the, the Gasperi did it. So you could do that with a BSN. You could redefine who they are, what they are. You could, like, kind of take it away and then bring it back if you want to. Or to your point, you can kill it. And I do like the fact that you have this portfolio of, of things with Columbia if you take over the job. Like, I've worked f on their ingredient innovation side before with them. And they have some really cool stuff that they, that they create over there in their, in their R&D team. To your point, they offer to everybody. Why not maybe create a, a, another line of like maybe a premium line where the margins aren't as high, um, but where you're using some of these cool new advanced ingredients to build market buzz for them, have an exclusive with your own brands um, with like um, Fitnox, for instance, is one I, that I worked with. Like if you think that this is the best nitric oxide producing ingredient out there outside of S7 and nitrates and stuff, make some consumer demand for it by creating a sub, sub line under your Glombia umbrella and then sell it after like a six month exclusive to brands because now brands might be willing to pay more of a premium for it. I guess there's a lot of options you could do. Like I think that in your head, you're probably thinking of a million things you'd wanna do. Obviously that might be day, you know, 75 or 100 down the line, but like it's, it's just, there's so many possibilities on what you could do. And for, for us here, like in terms of, like these would be, this would be massive feats for us. Josh is way more than mine. Um, that's not to discredit taking over a Nutribio. Um, it'd be a huge feat. And, like, I, I asked you earlier, I said, like, think of somebody that you'd want to kind of come on and be, like, sort of your consultant, the, your, the person that's going to sort of help groom you into this role of who would you want that to be. And it can't be, it can't be the former CEO. It can't be – but it could be somebody within the space. So, for me, you know, obviously I couldn't have Mark Glazer because if he's not a possibility, um, I he would be gone. Um, but I like um, – I don't know. I, I, I like um, – <laughs> I do like what Aaron Singerman did with Redcon One, and I, I think what he his mindset in terms of data collection and utilizing data and leveraging the shit out of data in the digital world was absolutely brilliant. Um, so, like for me, it'd be like, Aaron, come come help me for you know 
in this transition process for three to six months and teach me what you know. Now, Aaron would never do that because then I'm a competing brand. But like, if I could have anybody, I think I would have Aaron because I think he's just he's he's proven it time and time again that he can build brands. And he did it with Blackstone. He left Blackstone. Everybody sees what happens to Blackstone now. It's not nearly as relevant as it once was. Um, he did it a little bit on Prime, and obviously Redcon is a hundred million. It'll be a hundred million dollar company this year. I confirmed that with him, which is crazy. It's crazy to, to think that in three and a half years or whatever it was. So like that for me would be like Aaron, come on this and like. Where do we see opportunity? I see opportunity externally right now because I'm not involved in the brand. Like if I was if I was a, an employee of Nutribio, there'd probably be other things that would be obviously um, exposed to us. And same with you, if you're in Colombia, you probably have a million other things to think about. Um, but this is from the outside looking in. So I would ask him to be my mentor, and specifically just because like I've seen what he did with Redcon in such a short period of time. Um, now, obviously, like I would lean on him in terms of the digital marketing and the marketing side of things because that again was my area of focus coming in as a CEO. Um, but that would be the person I would pick, and that would be the subject I'd want him to really help sort of bring his guidance and what he did and what works. And how can we adapt that or adopt that to a product co quality first company like Nutribio? I think that was a good choice overall because, I mean, you're trying to fill the gaps with anybody that's a mentor or advisor or whatever. Like, you're trying to fill what is not inside the four walls currently. So, you know, going in, you're going to have yourself, which is, you know, brand marketing and all these things that you have skills on, but the skill set within the four walls of Nutribio is going to be very much towards maybe operational product development, um, you know, that side of it. So you need to fill the gaps the best you can. So one of the things that you would do is try to, um, you know, add that. So having somebody like a marketer like Aaron helps you, you know, fulfill that need. And, and I kind of went in the same direction for me, I think within Glambia, one of the biggest missing parts is is having that very big thinking uh, marketer. And I didn't necessarily pick anybody in our industry. Um, I could have if I wanted to. But when you first initially asked the question, you were you were talking about uh, Shark Tank people like, yeah. uh, like you know, like Mark Cuban. And but I went towards somebody else that has made some appearances on Shark Tank. Uh, but it's not I don't think a normal person on there is uh, Rohan Oza is like the guy that started. Uh, vitamin water and a bunch of other very large uh, food and beverage brands. He owns a very, uh, very large uh, private equity house, um, Kavu Ventures, that does a ton of stuff, building massive uh, CPG brands, uh, both from a startup and he's had access to building billion dollar ones. So at Glambia, I want to build billion dollar brands. You know what I mean? So for me to have somebody that has the thought process to build out those things, it would be a great kind of resource to be able to do that because though I might have big ideas and, and have some things that I have in my head, I need somebody that can think and have done it before uh, to that level and he's done it. So I think that would be kind of where I would necessarily uh, look at and, and go. I could have probably picked a bunch of other kind of really good uh, high level marketer people, but um, that was just because you brought up Shark Tank, it came to mind. Yeah, no, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant for sure. I would just be curious how many times you'd have to change your shirt on day one at Glombia in that role because you'd be so nervous and then in these boardrooms and being like, Jesus, this is a, it's a multi-billion dollar brand that I run. Um, what I would be interested in like for us because we run our own respective businesses too is like for people out there, obviously we asked you to comment on social and what brand you'd like to run and why and what would be the one thing you'd change um, to begin with. It'd be interesting to see what people would say about our brands. Like, if you were the CEO of my brand, because we're, we're embedded in this, right? We don't see things um, the way other people see. Like, what would, what would you 
what would you change day one or what would you implement day one for Jay Shaw Consulting? What would you implement day one for FI? I always think that's interesting because now, you know, if Mark is listening or, or Glombia folks are listening, they're, they're thinking of like, well, these two guys who are, I'll say we're, we're fairly smart. I'll give us a little bit of credit. Um, you know, when they're listening, I say, okay, that's what they see. So, I, you know, I'm curious to think of like, we just, crit not critiqued, but we said like what we think we would change based on the external environment which we're exposed to. So I'd be interested to hear like what those people think, like what Mark and Nutribio thinks and what Glombia people think about our feedback. But then I'd love to hear what people say about our brands and be like, you know what, Josh, you're really missing the boat here. You need to do this. Or this is what I would do. Or Ryan, you, you have such a money-making opportunity with this right here, and you're just, you're just fucking it up. You know? And like, we don't see it. Because you, when you're in this role every single day, you have blinders on, and it's hard to critique yourself. It's hard to criticize yourself. I try to do it on the reg. I try to sit back and say, where am I, where am I weak? Like your SWOT analysis. Like I do a SWOT analysis internally probably every three months just to figure out like where am I lacking because I have this burning desire to be the number one fucking brand in this space. Like that's what I want to do and I'm going to do it, but uh, you can't do it unless you, you like you discover your weaknesses. Um, and I, I would assume that Columbia does this all the time. I'm assuming what you said about the brands like, you know, Gold Standard Way or, or Optum and BSN being very similar. I'm sure they know that and I'm sure that they're trying to figure it out. Um, but it's it's one of those things that's easier said than done at times. So like for us to come on here and say this is what we would do in day one, we understand it would take longer than one day. Um, we understand that there's limitations behind that too. It may not be possible to do the things that we want to do based on certain red tape because in your case, Josh, such a big corporation, you have a ton of red tape. Just because you're the CEO doesn't necessarily mean you can do whatever the hell you want. You still have like a board to speak to and, and answer to. So um it's it's interesting. It's, it's it's a cool topic. So if, if anybody out there listening is from those companies that we uh, that we mentioned, would love to hear your feedback. Don't rip us up too bad, but this is what we see from the external environment. But um, and if you have feedback, like I said, we want to hear your statements and, and your comments. What brand? What would you do in day one? Why? Because I think it'd be super cool to see what people have to say about this as well. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, I would welcome uh, and I honestly wish more people would tell me things that I'm missing the boat on because I get fanatical about certain things. And, and sometimes I will put my head down and, and work on something for you know a couple hundred hours and then I put, peek my head up and I'm like, wait a minute, I just probably missed on a bunch of different things. So I think if people had some in, you know thoughts around my business, um, I'm not all that. <laughs> You just, you just opened Pandora's box, Josh. I know. I can name several people who have given you feedback on your social media posts over the last year alone. So, I mean, bring it. Bring on the comments. Let's Kent, go. Kent, Kent Nangle's ready. He's gonna. He's gonna be the first one. I'm gonna get a, a five-page email. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love it. Make sure you guys check us out on Facebook. Two guys, one shaker cup. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Again, uh, the engagement is huge. Engage with us. Let us know what you think. And. Uh, I can't wait for Kenton just to rip you up. <laughs> Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.